So, author, the first thing that we should talk about um, is that while the word meditation has gotten uh, spread around the world quite a bit, the real issue is not meditation or non-meditation. The real issue is the word Dhamma. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. the word Dhamma before? Yes. Okay. The word Dhamma in this context will start small in the sense of the teachings of the Buddha, but it also gets very large in the sense of everything is a Dhamma. Everything. Um, It's almost like the pronoun uh, that. Okay. Okay. Or thing. Like the Buddha's thing. Okay. But thing, the universe is a thing. (laughs) So... The Buddha's thing um, is actually the issue of liberation or becoming free from um, basically the lies that we've been told and the lies that we tell ourselves that cause us unsatisfactoriness. You mentioned, in fact, the uh, anxiety uh, in uh, introducing yourself. That was the thing that you were mentioning, and that was an idea. Well, um, it seems like that if that's the very beginning of the reason or rationale for one going into uh, this thing, uh, this Dhamma, it's interesting that you would choose then the vehicle for that to be meditation, which then you talk about going deep. Mm. And here's the question then at that level of why would you want to be going deep when in fact the issue was that you wanted to be free from anxiety in social situations? Because if you're sitting there deep, you're not going to have any social situations. Yes. So it's kind of like a strange thing to to think about from that level, and yet this is normally the connection that many people make, that they think that um, because meditation is wrapped up within Buddhism and that Buddhism, in fact, does have the answer, uh, the Buddha Dhamma does have the answer to how can I become free from anxiety? and that meditation is there to help do that, then why then, when people go into meditation, do they want to go deep? Doesn't make any sense. It seems like that you need to be right here now in order to deal with the social situations. Yes. Okay, so this is one of the, the things to start to look at, is that... Um, Some people, once they understand a little bit about meditation, they begin to make it a competition in the sense of how deep can I go? Mm. Or what is deep? And that uh, with all of the stuff that I've read in the suttas, I've never read anything about deep other than a deep breath. Okay. The depth of the ocean. But going deep in meditation is is a very much of a Western idea. I see. It's uh, um, not done in um, uh, the, the the traditional uh, Thai or even Asian way. That even in the Mahasi method of noting, yes, the is not just to note and to note deeper and to note deeper and to note deeper, but really to note that what this is, is this is dukkha, this is suffering, or this is anxiety, and it needs to be dealt with immediately and directly. And yet when they continue to note and note and note and note without actually making the changes necessary, all they do is get really deep into the noting. Yes. But there is a more correct practice, and I would like to introduce the term anapanasati to you. 
okay. the word Anapanasati. Have you ever heard of Anapana or Anapanasati? Yes, I've, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Okay, Ana is in-breath and Prana is out-breath. Okay. And uh, Sati is uh, generally but wrongly translated into the word mindfulness. Okay. Um, but it does have a quality to it of mindfulness. But the most uh, point that many people mis misunderstand about the word Sati is the quality of waking up, to really wake up. Uh, and that the, the idea of noting is to be doing that noting from a really wakeful state rather than from an ordinary mind. Um, it's kind of like this, that when you wake up in the morning, you generally don't get out of bed. You generally wait. Maybe you yes. turn the snooze alarm on and you're not fully awake yet. And it's only later that you actually get fully awake yes okay sometimes you wake up I don't know for you but from for me sometimes I wake up because of other things that are happening in the house an hour or so before the alarm goes off and then say I only have another hour to sleep but then I'll really wake up before the alarm actually goes off and get up before the alarm ever went off mm -hmm. okay. but the point that I'm making is is that there are now levels of sleep and also levels of wakefulness okay you woke up enough to know that you were awake but you did not wake up enough to get out of bed yet yes okay okay here's another quality of that that in uh most militaries most armies they will have a training group that they call boot camp mm-hmm and people will go to boot camp for about six weeks, and one of the things that happens on a regular basis is the drill instructor, the main sergeant, will come banging his baton around, screaming at the top of his voice just before uh, reveille. Okay, yes. And what does everybody do? Do they roll over and say, oh, it's not reveille time yet, I'm going no. to sleep. No, 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 they get up, okay? Yeah. This is the quality that we want to develop with our meditation, okay. is the quality of really waking up. So this is what we mean by anapanasati, is we're going to use uh, anapana as the, uh, the trigger or the mechanism for this waking up so that we can be fully alert. This fully alertness is, in fact, uh, in many respects, quite the opposite of going deep. Yes, I can see that. Going deep is almost like being sleepy or drowsy. Yes. If things become numb and whatnot like that. And a lot of people think that at the bottom of that deep is where bliss can be found. Yes. All right. Well, I tell you what, that's not going to happen. Where the bliss is to be found is in the development of the bliss. And that the more bliss you have, you can call that the deeper and deeper bliss. But it's not found at the bottom of these uh, uh, blank empty states. It's found through development. That in fact, a lot of what we practice with Anapanasati is uh, referred to as skill development to develop the skills that we need to live a happy life that's free from anxiety when we're out in public meeting people. And free from anxiety generally all the time. Okay. But I mean, I mean uh, right now you've got no reason to be anxious. And just because a few people come into the room, some of which are quite beautiful, doesn't mean that you have to be anxious again, now does it? And yet... No think about it there it goes you can feel that pit of the stomach and that tightness in the chest <gasps> right there it is why is that it's biological it's actually instinctual but uh, you do not have to be driven and run by your instincts 
that this is basically, if we can think of it from the perspective of uh, just purely science, most people live their lives instinctually. The less educated they are, the more instinctually they will live. Uh, because the human mind, the human brain, is often not very well developed. This practice of Anapanasati, if there, if any other way we could say it, it is a mental development to develop the mind so that you can do what you want to do with the mind rather than being run by the emotions and the thoughts that are there already on their own. Mm-hmm. So, if you go really deep to a point where there's no thought, let us say that you go to a state of no thought and then you're able to maintain that for 24 hours and then you wake up out of it. You may wake up in the morgue or in the hospital or in the ICU or at least wake up in bed with your whole family around you saying prayers. (laughs) Yes. You don't want any of that kind of deep. We want to be sharp and focused and up and awake and so the kind of meditations that take us deep are not the kind of things that are going to be of the most value to you and so uh, the teaching of the Buddha is not about going deep it's about waking up completely become alert and alive and um, uh, coming to the point of what's going on so uh, this quality of sati, anapanasati, is actually the Buddha's method of using the breath as an anchor to help wake us up. Now, uh, the full teaching of the Buddha can be summed up in just three words. The full teaching of the Buddha is dukkha, dukkha naroda. Have you ever heard of that expression? No. It means uh, that we, I'll, I'll give it in sentence form, we live an unsatisfactory life moment by moment, but any particular moment we can, in fact, wake up and feel satisfied, feel pleasant, feel mm-hmm. good, basically any time that we want to. Okay. All right. That's what we mean by dukkha, dukkha, naroda. We recognize that we're in a state of dukkha and we come out of it immediately. Okay. Where a lot of Westerners get the idea of noting as if they're noting dukkha and then they note it deeper and then they go a little deeper and note dukkha again and then they get some big insight about how dukkha is. Yes, yes. Okay. And somewhere at the bottom of all that dukkha, it's got to be bliss. It's almost like if you're in a great big pile of horse shit, you keep digging in the bottom of that horse shit, there's got to be a pony in there someplace. Yes. I see what you mean. Okay. Let's start with the pony and deal with the shit later. Let's not go digging into the shit, okay? Okay. So th- this is basically means dukkha is the shit and pony is the freedom from that shit. Okay. Let's go after that immediately, directly. Dukkha, dukkha, naroda. Not dukkha, more dukkha. I see the dukkha. I got real dukkha. Let me dig in this dukkha. There's got to be a dukkha pony in there someplace. No, we don't do it that way. We do dukkha and freedom from dukkha. Yes. For some reason, the Western mindset has gotten in that, that if they meditate long enough and hard enough, eventually... The uh, big comma machine in the sky will come down and do Shaktipat, and then you'll feel good. Yes. Well, you don't have to wait. You can start feeling good right now. In fact, I see you smiling. That means you're beginning to understand what I'm talking about. I mean, you're not sitting there, what the hell is this guy talking about? I want to go deep. I want to go deep. <laughs> yes. I, I kind of lost that uh, will of going deep. Just by you saying. Okay, so let's talk about this whole thing that the Buddha taught was suffering and no suffering, or dukkha, dukkha, naroda. In fact, Mm -hmm. the word suffering is not even a very good word for it because you're not suffering. 
I mean, even when you're in a room full of girls, you're not suffering. Not really. Not as if one of them had broken your leg. Now you're yes. suffering. Okay. So, uh, dukkha is not a very good, uh, or the, to talk about dukkha, it's not a very good word to use the word suffering. But we can say that that anxiety is unsatisfying, is unsatisfactory. It, in fact, it hinders me from doing what I actually want to do. In that regard, it can be called a hindrance. So we can think of as dukkha is anything that hinders us from being free. And dukkha naroda means that we can be, we can be free from that dukkha to feel the way that we want to feel. Okay. And that we can do that at any time. And that whatever progress there is means that I can just do that more often and do it for a longer period of time. But right from the very beginning, you can begin to do it. And so this is why I would recommend to do it, breaking it up at uh, four, five, six times a day for 10 minutes or so, because that will help you to really get into making sure that you can come back and keep coming back and keep coming back with a good, strong, focused mind. Because most meditators, when they start focusing, they say, oh, the longer I sit, the deeper I will go. Yes. Well, regularly what that means is the longer I sit, the more tired my mind is and the closer to a state I sleep I go, but I'm still enough awake to know that I'm not asleep yet. Yes. That's kind of the state of going deep. <laughs> okay. And I think that they do that in the sense of the, in the name of jhana. Have you ever heard of the word jhana? Yes. Yes. Okay. Going deep, the way that we've been talking about since we started talking, is not jhana. That in fact what jhana is, is what I'm teaching now. How to develop the skills to bring together, so when you have all of the five jhana factors together, you've got the first jhana. And this first jhana is a, uh, uh, a state of mind that's bright, it's focused, it's free from hindrances, it's jolly. Okay. Okay. Sounds it's, great. Right. It's, it's up, on, up on it. In fact, um, this is a state of satisfaction that needs to be developed. So going back to the Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda, that breaks down immediately into the Four Noble Truths. In fact, the Four Noble Truths are just kind of folded together, packed together into the word Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. But as okay. you unpack it, it becomes suffering or uh, unsatisfactoriness, the cause of unsatisfactoriness, what it's like to be free from unsatisfactoriness, and what's the method that we're going to use to get to this state. Okay. That, okay. that method is the Eightfold Noble Path. And we've actually already started talking about the Eightfold Noble Path with the word sati, because that's mm -hmm. an item on the Eightfold Noble Path. And that uh, the job that we have, the immediate job, is to come out of the First Noble Truth and into the Third Noble Truth. And then the next immediate job would be to get back into that third noble truth and to continue to do that, to keep coming back out of the first into the third, out of the first into the third over and over again until we learn to sustain that third noble truth. Okay. And yet many people, when they're talking about the four noble truths, they generally don't talk about this third noble truth as the immediate destination. That's the immediate destination. Anxiety and no anxiety. Let me take a deep breath and throw this anxiety out. And then I'm free from the anxiety. And now I'm in third noble truth. Freedom I from see. that unsatisfactoriness. And so the Eightfold Noble Path is what we practice, especially uh, the first group. Now, the grouping that I use is out of a sutta that I know rather than the grouping out of the traditional method. 
that uh, where it's spoken about. And we'll talk about more of the path later, but right now I'm introducing it to you as merely a set of skills that need to be developed so that you can get some value out of it right from the first talk that you have with me. Okay. Okay. And that is right view, right sati, right uh, effort, and right attitude. These four things together will bring the mind into a unified state. When you have those skills developed, it brings the mind into a unified state. When we pr the way we practice this is with Anapanasati, and when we practice Anapanasati correctly, it brings us through these various factors that we're gathering together into that unified state of mind, which is also defined as first jhana. Okay, so the first okay. thing that we talk about is the four uh, 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 items of the Eightfold Noble Path. And then we'll talk about the factors of jhana and anapanasati and how we get to that. Okay. Okay. So we already are developing right view. You, the right view that you had was that, that you called me. And the next time that you call, it will be because of right view. Wrong okay. view would then be, oh, meditation doesn't mean anything. Or, oh, I'll never get anywhere with all of this. Oh, I am doomed to feeling anxiety and I'll never meet the girl of my dreams. Okay. That's wrong view. Okay. It's and you've had that view. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and you've had that For view. For a long time, yeah. Yeah, okay. So now you're beginning to change your view. That, that change of viewpoint is necessary because ultimately what we will do is no longer hold one particular viewpoint. But we'll continue to move our viewpoint around so that we can see all kinds of things that we couldn't see before kind of the distinction between seeing it from the dog's point of view when he's got his nose on the ground tracking someone through the wilderness, as opposed to a drone's eye view, which is above the trees, and he just, there he is over there, guys, go get him over yeah. there, okay, so this is, this is one's uh, noble right view, is that we can begin to see things from other people's points of view and see things from an overall point of view like the, the view from the Dhamma. When we see it from the Dhamma, that's a very high quality, high class, noble way of looking at things. Okay. And we'll talk about how to develop noble right view uh, later as a skill to be developed. But right now, the skill that we need to develop is sati. And sati is to remember and to remember and to remember over and over and over again. And so uh, the first step of Anapanasati is to take a long, deep breath. Well, the only way that you're going to be able to take a long, deep breath is to remember to take a long, deep breath. Yes. If you don't remember to take a long, deep breath, then the breathing is going to be back to whatever it was normal. And so Anapanasati uses these deep, long breaths for a point of sati. Every time you breathe in, you breathe in long. Every time you breathe out, you remember to breathe out long. Okay, okay. So breathing in long and breathing out long and just remembering to do it. This is the important point of sati. And also you're beginning to control something. If you cannot control the breath, you're not going to be able to control the mind. And if you can't control the mind, you're not going to be able to control the way you feel. So we start with the easy first. We start with beginner's music. Beginner's music is long, deep in breath. Long, okay. deep out breath. To remember okay. that. It's like okay. a scale. It's like your C scale. Okay. Over and okay. over and over again, we're going to practice that. And when we do that, we will notice that the mind tends to run away. It tends to wander away, and sometimes it'll wander all the way away from the breath, and we've forgotten yes. it completely. When that happens, that means that the mind has been overwhelmed by hindrances. What do we do? Never mind, start again. 
that in fact the Buddha had a word for it. And that word that he had was Mara. I see you, Mara. Now, what he means by that is uh, that the word Mara or Maya can be translated uh, as to the word world or to the word devil. But in both cases, it's correct in the way that we're using it here. It's the devil in the mind or it's the world in the mind. Okay. That's where the Mara is, and we can throw that out. Okay. okay. But in order to throw it out, we have to be able to see it. We have to see a hindrance as a hindrance in the mind. Once we see a hindrance as a hindrance, in other words, we note it. Once we note it, now we're going to note it with that phrase, aha, I see you. But that thought of aha, I see you now is a new thought. Yes. So let's give an example of going to the bank. I imagine from time to time you go to the bank. All right. I bet you. Go I used to, the to bank before the plague. Pardon? I used to before the plague. Okay, but the the point was uh, is is that when you when you go to the bank. You probably go to the bank a dozen times before you physically go there. Physically, you go there mentally. Yes. You keep going yes. to the bank and going to the bank and thinking about the bank before you go there. Yes. How much of that was necessary? None of it. No. But that's just spinning the mind. Okay, so yes. now we can, uh, when you're sitting uh, quietly, sitting in seclusion, and you have a thought about going to the bank, you can say, I don't need to think about the bank. I can sit here and be happy instead. Why? Because when I think about the bank, I'm thinking about work that needs to be done, dangers that could happen that I have to avoid, all kinds of ways that I can wind up feeling bad because I'm thinking about going to the bank. Mm -hmm. Well, when you recognize that, you can see that that's true about anywhere you go. So... When you go someplace, go there, but before you go there, don't go there. Okay. What, what does that mean? That means that now you're beginning to wake up to the kind of thoughts that you have. Begin to watch what's going on. And we need to do that all day long. And so okay. uh, breaking your time up in sitting meditation uh, five or six times a day really does promote you beginning to wake up to what you're doing. And you can wake up to the fact that that stuff is generally of no good value. That, in fact, the reason that we think about the bank over and over again is because of generally some sort of anxiety. An example would, uh, would <laughs> of that would be that uh, a particular bank account gets money on a regular basis for this guy, but he has to go to the bank because of the kind of account it is. He has to go to the bank to take that money and put it into another account so that it can be used on his business card or his wife or whatever like that can use that other account. But only he can get money out of that account by showing up to the bank physically. Okay. Okay. That's true. For me here in Thailand because of Thai laws okay but me going to the bank I never think about it but the wife wants to go to the bank because she's afraid that if hubby dies she'll lose that money only he mm -hmm. can get that money and so she wants him to go to the bank and so the wife is going to be thinking about going to the bank going to the bank and with the guy's not going to think about it doesn't mean anything to him I see okay so down okay. underneath that going to the bank kind of mentality is an underlying feeling of fear or dread or something wrong can happen. This is what we call the survival instinct. Our survival instinct gives us work to do that uh, just comes up kind of randomly when in fact generally it's not the time to do that work. And yet that anxiety is still there for it. So we stay in the habit of being in a state of anxiety far too often when we don't need to be. 
But practicing correctly, we begin to see these kind of thoughts that lead to anxiety so that we can deal with them right from the beginning. So just as you have uh, heard about beginning to control your breathing by making sure that it's a long, deep breath and a long, deep uh, out breath, you can also learn to control your thoughts in the sense of these are, are these thoughts that I'm having now wholesome, valuable, useful, or are these thoughts hindering thoughts, unwholesome, not going anywhere? Okay. okay. So uh, basically we can say then that the way that we can look at hindrances is those thoughts are about the past, those thoughts which are about the future, going to the bank is in the future. Mm-hmm. Any job that we have to do is just thoughts about the future. But what our wholesome thoughts are thoughts about this present moment. In okay. fact, this present moment is quite, quite nice. You're very safe. Yes. There's no danger right now. Yes. But if I start talking about certain things, you'll begin to think about certain things, and then you'll begin to feel as if there's danger right now, where in fact you just made all that stuff up. Yes. The reality is you're safe. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Why does that happen? Well, it happens because of our childhood. About 80% of the time of a young child is spent in joy and happiness, and only about 20% is uh, spent in uh, tantrums, misery, unhappiness, loss, uh, longing for mommy to come home, etc., like that. But as we grow up and go to school, the school begins to change us. You sit down and you do this work. You mm-hmm. go clean your room. You do what you're told to do. And yes, eventually you get into a bad habit of being like adults. Children are generally joyful. Adults are generally not. Mm-hmm. So what a practice of the Buddha is, is regaining that childhood joy that we had already naturally. Mm-hmm. rather than spending all of our time worrying about work that needs to be done. And so this is why the noting is needed, is to begin to note what the mind is doing so that we can make some changes in there. Okay. Okay, so the, the, the way that it goes is sati, you wake up. You really wake up. You see what your mind is thinking about, and you're saying, wow, I'm not watching the breath. Let me go back to the breath and take a deep, deep breath, okay? So that's mm-hmm. right uh, practice uh, or right effort. Okay. The next one is, aha, I see you, Mr. Uh, unwholesome Thought, Mr. Myra, I see you. By saying that, we're automatically gladdening the mind. We're perking the mind up. And this okay. is also one's right effort, is to get the mind out of the garbage and to bring it up to a place that's useful. Okay. The, the next part of that then is to understand that by freeing the mind from these hindrances, we have actually established the number one most important priority of jhana, is to be free from these hindrances. To where okay. many meditators in the Mahasi and other methods, they will leave these hindrances in the mind and the Buddha talks about, no, you've got to get that stuff out. You've got to get everything about the past, the future, what you want, what you don't like, drowsiness, doubt, all of that kind of stuff that makes us feel bad, out of the mind so that we can genuinely work on and develop feeling good. Mm. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, so that's why Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. This is, we saw the Dukkha, and now we're coming right out of it. Aha, I see you, Dukkha. I see you. Okay. Out. Go away. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to relax. Now, by taking that deep breath and relaxing, that whole quality of relaxing, then, is the quality of um, the, the Pali word is idia and idiopata. The idiopata, the pata means the basis of uh, um, idia, and the word idia means power. And okay. relaxation is one of the features of power, the feeling of being relaxed, of being secure and safe and comfortable and satisfied 
that's power. Okay. That's power to be able to feel that way. And the basis of power are these aspects of the Eightfold Noble Path of the right view, the right effort, the right uh, sati, and the right attitude. So let's start talking a little bit about right attitude. The right attitude has to change from uh, with the help of right view, with the help of right effort, we can change our attitude from being a loser to being a winner. Now, when I say being a loser, I'm not pointing my finger at any particular person, but it's more of a mentality of a victim's position mm-hmm. of needing help. Right? When we, when we need help, that means I can't do it by myself. I need help to do that. And it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a big log I've got to pick up and I can't do it on my own, I need help. Or am I strong enough to get that log moved all on my own? Especially if it's a log out of my own mind because other mm-hmm. people can't be lift out a log out of my own mind. I'm going to have to do that all by myself. Ah, okay, so this is actually what we're beginning to look at with the second noble truth, is who made this mess? Who put that log in the mind? Can only be me. Yeah, it can only be you, so that means you are responsible 100% to to get yourself out of all your mess. And nobody can do it for you, no priest, no preacher, no guru, no meditation teacher, no uh, bloodhound, nothing. Only you can do that. That's the first level of doubt that we all have to come to. And that's what the second noble truth at its basic teaching tells us, that all of life's problems comes from my own my very own ignorance and my very own wanting things I don't have and my also my own wanting to get rid of things I don't like and I can't get rid of them because I don't know how. Okay, loba moha dosa. And this dosa, this ignorance is the big part because in fact that's how we grew up. Little children are pretty ignorant. They don't know how to put on the clothes. One thing that they do know, though, is that they know that they don't know how to put on their clothes. Only mommy can do that. And so now we're building up both ignorance and dependency. Mm-hmm. And Anapanasati is all about coming out of our ignorance and coming out of our dependency. Mm-hmm. To recognize only I can fix my own problem. So the next question then is, or the next layer of doubt is, am I up to it? Can I, in fact, do it? Yes, yes. And the answer is no, because I'm a victim. Or yes, I can, because I'm a lion. And that's your choice. I give you that choice. Every time you remember it, you're going to have to take the new choice of I can do it. I can clean out the mind. I can see the dukkha. I can throw it out. I can feel relaxed and satisfied. So now we've got right attitude in there. And with that attitude, I can do it. That means now we've got a coherent practice that we can work with. Okay, and I haven't really even talked very much about Anapanasati as Anapanasati, but in fact we have been because step nine is Sati, to wake up, look at what the mind is doing. Is the mind got hindrance? Does it have no hindrance? Because many times you'll wake up, oh, I'm feeling good, isn't it marvelous? I, I feel great. <laughs> yes. I don't have to throw out any hindrance. They were not even there. Or we can say, oh, no, I don't even have to think about going to the bank. I don't have to think about going to the railroad station. I don't have to think about any of that kind of stuff now because I'm not going now. If I were going to the bank, now would be the time to think about going to the bank, making sure I've yes. got all the paperwork that I need. But if I'm not going to the bank, why think about the bank? Well, if you're not going to go meet that girl right now, why think about the girl? Because thinking about the girl is just longing, just wanting something you don't have. 
so out she goes yes. too. There's really no pleasure in thinking about going to the bank, or going to the girl, or going to the school, or going wherever. We just don't need to be thinking about the future. Let's think about the right now, the, the here now. And so this is where we begin to understand, oh yes, I can control the thoughts. I can take the effort if I can control the breathing so that I can breathe long and deep and slow and easily, then I can begin to think the kind of thoughts that I should be thinking and want to think rather than thinking of the thoughts that keep me in a state of uh, wanting things, that I can come to a state of satisfaction. So the kind of thoughts then that you would have would be generally the thoughts about what's going on right now. Like, wow, this is really great. Wow, I feel good right now. Okay, I, I'm able to clean out my mind. I know I can clean it out. And so having thoughts about uh, the Eightfold Noble Path, having thoughts about the practice of Anapanasati, having thoughts about relaxation, having thoughts about deep breathing, thoughts about what the body is doing while you're breathing, the touch of the cloth, the touch of the skin, what you're feeling all over the body is worthwhile thinking about. Mm -hmm. But going to the bank, not worth thinking about. That's something out there somewhere. That's in, either in the past or in the future, and it is disturbing in a way. It's building up some sort of job that needs to be done, some uh, uh, plan for the future, some uh, task that needs to be done. But right now, we've got no task. In fact, the task that we have to have at hand is so easily done, the real task is to enjoy the fact that we've done the task. Mm. What is the task? Going to hindrance is out of the mind. That was all the job there was to do. Yes. To think about something new. To don't think about the old. Think about the, the, the right now new. Mm. Okay. In this regard, we've actually talked about many of the steps of Anapanasati. We've talked about step one and step three in the sense of touching the body and the face and knowing what the body is doing in the present moment. We've also talked about relaxation, and so we've been talking about the Vedana section of beginning to feel good. You can feel the way you want to feel. You don't have to feel the way that you've been feeling. Just because you have been feeling that way doesn't mean that you have to continue to feel that way. That's just an old habit. And you can change that habit. If you remember, or if you remain doing what you used to do all along, you'll wind up having a destiny. Do you know what I mean mm -hmm. by destiny? Yes. Project. Divinely guided. Mm-hmm. Only is not divinely guided, is habitually guided. Yes, repetition. But if but if you uh, uh, begin to practice anapanasati correctly to change your mind, then you can live the kind of life you want to live. You can have freedom from the past and live the way that you want to. How do we do that? Every moment you remember, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Every moment that you remember, every time Shakti comes up, it's a deep breath. Wow, I'm glad I don't have to think about that junk anymore. I can sit here and feel happy and, and pleased instead. And so you practice that six times a day for about ten minutes, and you'll get some results. Just you'll going back to the breath? Pardon? Just going back to my breath? Keep going back to the breath, taking long, deep breath. Exhale with a long, deep breath. And uh, the kind of thoughts that you want to have are the kind of thoughts that are in this present moment. A lot of students talk about uh, background thoughts. Oh, I can watch my breath really well, but I've got all this background stuff, right? Yes. It's not really in the background. Some of the mind moments you spend watching the breath and some of the mind moments you spend watching the, the thoughts and some mind moments you think of the breath and some, and you go but it's back. it's too and, fast. And it happens very fast, exactly. Yes. So now your new job is, okay, that, that background thoughts are going to be there, but they need to be managed also. Okay. 
In other words, bring them to the foreground with your breathing. Mm -hmm. So that you know what kind of thoughts you're having and that those thoughts are worth having because they're thoughts about this present moment. So it, it is like the that Zane uh, saying about the clapping with only one hand. That... Yeah, okay, if you think about it like that, um, a dialogue requires uh, two. It takes two to tango. So what is the sound of one hand clapping? Not a lot of noise. Okay. Right? Not right. a lot of noise. When there's one hand clapping, there's not a lot of noise there. And also with that Zen, this is in fact um, a method to go directly to Zazen. Directly mm -hmm. to go to, uh, uh, to just sitting. Directly to going to nothing, because every time you have a thought of doing, you throw that thought out. Every time you have a thought of going, you just throw that thought out. And you mm -hmm. come back just sitting. God, this is so nice. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it because, like, um, if I can't have, like, background thoughts because it's uh, just happen happening so fast, the same thing would happen if I, like, clap. Like, things can't, can't happen at the same time. But it's perceived like it's happening at the same time, like the clap. Okay, yes. That's what I, I meant. Okay, yes, I agree. It appears that they're happening simultaneously, but in fact that just means that we're not making close enough discretion. Yes, yes. And discretion would be the sati. Yes. That I have to develop, okay. Yes. And okay. also the investigation. Mm -hmm. This is, in fact, a great deal of it is to investigate. That's part of the effort that it takes. And you can see this as the investigation also as a deeper version of right view. Right okay. view, in fact, is an investigation. To where a lot of people have a little bit of view and a whole lot of conclusion. Yes. What we're doing here is, is looking and investigating and keep looking, keep investigating, keep noting, keep watching, keep seeing, without coming into any conclusion at all. But we keep looking, we keep investigating. All right? Is the mind sharp? Is it dull? Is the mind focused? Is it scattered? Is the mind free from hindrance? Or is it hindered? What hindrance? So these are the kind of thoughts that you would have that have to do with what's happening right now. Okay. So what about the neutral stuff? Neutral is kind of okay, but it's even better if it's known as neutral. Mm -hmm. But really, there is nothing, and we'll talk about this later. Let's talk about that. Bring that up the next time you call about neutral. Okay. There's really no such thing as neutral. Okay, yes, that's what it was. That was and the, and the whole point about the word neutral is it sounds like that things are permanently neutral and everything is in flux. Yes. Everything is changing. Things can't stay neutral. <laughs> yes. yes. It's not going to be that way for long. So anyway, we can, there's a lot to talk about with that. Okay. But right now, I want to make sure that you've got just the enough of the stuff of, of what we're talking about to get started to practice. Okay. Knowing, knowing that uh, we have to take effort, and that effort comes when we remember to take the effort. Mm -hmm. And the effort that we're going to take is to throw the stuff in the mind out and come back to this present moment, and we can use statements like, ah, I see you, Myra. So we'll, we'll work with that level, 
um, aha, I see you, Myra, so that you can begin to start recognizing that you can control your thoughts. You don't have to just watch them. You can actually begin to control them just like you're beginning to control your breath. Mm-hmm. So this Anapanasati of the Buddha really does have a lot of control issues in it. Because, I mean, after all, who's going to be the boss here? Your old system that's been the boss all along, or is there something new in there that can be the boss? Mm-hmm. That needs to be developed. That boss needs to be developed into a lion. Okay. So, like, who will develop that boss? The boss shouldn't be me. Uh, well, all of these things are processes. Let's not ask that question just yet. Okay. But we can look at it from the perspective as right now you're in flux. You don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. That you, but one thing for sure, and that is you are not your old personality. Mm -hmm. At one time, you could, uh, at one time, in fact, we just discussed that you had the kind of thoughts that would keep you stuck in that personality. The yes. Losers, I yes. can't get out of this. I need help. Right? Yes. Okay, yes. but now you've already started to change. You're not that person anymore. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're not. You've changed something. So that proves to you that you can change and would give you more of the attitude, hey, I can change more. If I can change that, I can change some more stuff. Mm -hmm. Let me take power here. I'm going to take control over that breathing. I'm going to take control over those thoughts and begin to have wholesome thoughts and stop having unwholesome thoughts. Mm -hmm. And you do that about five or six times a day for about 10 minutes and you're going to start going someplace. Okay. But don't take my word for it. You go watch closely. This is your inspection. Inspect this. See what's going on. Oh, well. All right. So do you have any questions about this? No, the, the questions I think I would have, they are more like related to the neutral stuff. So right. you said you we will talk about later. later. Yes, yes. On how to practice now. Okay, all right. So um, when you, uh, I have, I have one. I have one. All right. What? Like you already answered it. You like just you made me be more reasonable about like asking stuff. I don't have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> really good, Arthur. Really good. Okay. Well, when are you going to call again? I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe a couple of days. Okay. Couple okay. Of, every couple of days, every three days like that will be good. Okay. Okay. All right. The same, well, the same hour? Anytime during my daytime. Okay. Okay. And I don't know when people will call. So uh, if you do call and I don't answer, hang around for a little bit. I might be on a call with someone else. Okay, and, no problem. And get to you um, uh, shortly. All right. Well, I really am glad to meet your acquaintance. I, uh, Me I too. Think you're going to good. I think you'll get good benefit out of the Dhamma. Great yes. fruit of Anapanasati. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. It was a pleasure to meet you. Have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.